You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ, amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Brisbane and beyond. Hello, hello, you're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns. It's Pride Month and it's Pride Fair Day this weekend and I'm feeling very excited, I'm full of energy. So yeah, a lot of the news and events that I'll be discussing this morning will surround the Brisbane Pride Fair Day and the rally and such as well. So we'll get into that in a minute. But I'd just like to give you a rundown of what's happening this episode. So aside from the news and events, there is also an interview. I have a guest interview today with the beautiful Belinda Bertles. I'll be talking to her a little bit later and we can find out more about who she is and what she does. And then further in the episode, Jay from Tens across has been reporting on ballroom every month he sends us something in so this week we've got some stuff from jay which is really exciting i'm pretty pumped so i'm gonna start by talking about the week in news and events i do actually owe a correction for last week because the trans community awards i did say was located at the wickham it is not it is at 275 george street in brisbane on Friday the 11th of November. So that's a correction there on the venue. I did think it was going to be at the Wiccan, but then uh, Dylan from Many Genders One Voice was like, hey, Ez, it's not there. So <laughs> yeah, 275 George Street, in case you're wondering. We'll get into the other events coming up. There's the Brisbane Pride Fair Day, which is Saturday the 24th of September. The Pride Rally in March, which is actually on before the fair, is at Oralee Park in West End, and it's starting at 9.30 a.m. The duration is a 30-minute walk from Orley Park up to Montague Road, down Vulture Street, and then inevitably ending up in Musgrave Park to begin the Fair Day festivities. It's time to roll out those flags, banners for the Brisbane Pride Festival Rally and March, get loud and proud and colourful, and come on down and continue to demand equality, inclusion, and acceptance for the community. The Brisbane Pride Fair Day will be located, yes, at the Musgrave Park in West End, and that starts at 10am. So if you're not interested in doing the walk, can just head down to the park at 10am. It'll run all till 5pm, so pretty much all day. And on the Brisbane Pride website, it says it's time for the 2022 Brisbane Pride Fair Day, hosted by Brisbane Pride Festival in Musgrave Park. Get ready to come together and celebrate everything that makes our community so wonderful. Join the Brisbane Pride Festival Fair Day at Musgrave Park as it transforms into an energetic and fun-filled, loud and proud playground, complete with live performances, exciting and enticing stalls, as well as some delicious street food. The 4ZZZ tent will also be there. This is our first year attending the Brisbane Pride Fair Day. I'm so excited. Kai's so excited. We're both going to be there. There will also be a live broadcast from Pride Fair Day from 2 till 4 p.m. hosted by Exit Stage Z. So yeah, if you want to listen to that, September 24th from 2 p.m. on 4ZZZ. That's this Saturday. Also, there is a Pride Rally and March mobility bus. So that will be located at the Tenery Ferry Wharf at 8 a.m. on, yep, Saturday, 24th September, calling all LGBTIQA plus sister girl and brother boy seniors and folks wanting mobility assistance. Do you or someone you know want to join the Brisbane Pride festivities and require support or mobility? If so, and if you require any wheelchair access, please get in touch. So yeah, so that way you can access that. So that's all arranged by QC. If you'd like to register, you can email info at qc.org.au. 
I'll say that again, info at qc.org.au, or you could call 0730171777. I'll also pop a link up on the Transmission Facebook page, at Trans Radio with a Z, and then that way you can register if you do want to grab the mobility bus. Also on the same day, so this is all this Saturday, it's going to be a lot I hope that I can run around to everything. I don't know if I can. But uh, there's the Sapphics Pride Party, which is at the Cave Inn in Woolloongabba from 1pm to 6pm on Saturday. This event will take place on the same day as Brisbane Pride Fair Day at the Cave Inn. So come down after marching and enjoying the fair. We'll be dancing all afternoon long till 6pm when the venue's next event starts. Please note this event is not associated with the Brisbane Pride Festival. You need 18 plus as well to enter and there'll be some DJs there as well. Accessibility for that venue, it doesn't have accessible toilets and all the toilets are up a set of stairs so unfortunately this event may not be suitable for everyone's needs. If you'd like to check out more about the Sapphics event you can head over to the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z as well. Okay, there's also Your Pride Art Show this Saturday from 2pm at 10 Morton Street, Paddington, which is the community hall there. This is a free event. Your Pride Art Show is an innovative initiative of our Pride Youth Advisory Group. Our Pride hosts the event annually during Brisbane Pride to celebrate community colour and joy. Your Pride is an all-ages event featuring art from young people aged 16 to 25. All the artists showcase identify as LGBTQIA+, and come from all across Australia. This year, the theme for Your Pride Art Show is home. So we invited artists to create pieces that reflect where and or when they feel the safest to be themselves as young LGBTQIA people. Queer Bait and Gay Recess will be playing at that event from 4.30pm until 7pm. There's also free snacks. It's a non-alcoholic drink on non-alcoholic venue or space, so keep that in mind. And there's also going to be a quiet hour at the start of the event for people who find large crowds a little bit too overwhelming with noise and such. Also, in the evening, is the Alexander Ball, which is at the Tivoli on Saturday, 24th of September from 6.30pm. Mianjin's trailblazing ballroom house, the House of Alexander, returns to the Tivoli once again for an extravagant night not to be missed. The Alexander Ball brings eight striking categories that celebrate what it means to be unapologetically queer and for sure will make for an unforgettable night. I 100% will be there. Kai and I will hopefully be able to race over after the fair, try and get all glamorous for that one. There's also some news. So yeah, all, all those events are on the same day. It's September 24th, a Saturday. It's pretty much the conclusion or coming to the end of Brisbane Festival as well. And Brisbane Pride Month is coming to a conclusion. So that's all what this is about. Hopefully next year, all these event organizers can spread things out throughout the month. Mostly because just one day seems like a lot of events for a community. <laughs> so if we could spread that out over the whole month, that would be really cool. Just a personal preference because I'd like to go to all of them. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to go into some news now. So this one is WPATH has updated its standard of care. So it's a bit of information on what that is. So the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, WPATH, which is a non-profit interdisciplinary professional and educational organization devoted to transgender health. So WPATH is a professional standard or best of practice care. In case you're wondering which practitioners this includes, this is GPs, psychs, endocrinologists, and anyone who works with trans patients should definitely pay attention to this. So professional bodies like these do have the power to lobby the Australian Medical Association and federal government. However, they do not themselves have the power to change Medicare billing, for example. So WPATH has updated its standard of care that trans people can expect and demand from medical professionals. So here are just some of the updates. I'm not going to go through all of them. 
I will pop a link on the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z. You can click the link there and see all the things that have been updated. So gender dysphoria is no longer required for anything, whereas previously it was. HRT wait times for surgery is now six months instead of a year. HRT required for non-binary patients is dropped, which is great. Informed consent is obviously encouraged there. FFS is now called FGAS for Facial Gender Affirming Surgery and is listed as medically necessary. The following surgeries are now considered medically necessary. Top surgery for trans men and trans women, vocal feminization, tracheal shave, and body contouring. Any recommendations for stopping HRT before gender-affirming surgery is now no longer a requirement or advised. Increased recommended levels for trans-feminine HRT to 300 PG. No letters or assessments prior to starting HRT, which is fantastic because I'm really happy about that one. A single letter for surgery is required, just one, which is great. And for adolescents, uh, recommended multidisciplinary teams assess surgical needs and does recommend surgery be available should it need to be. And pubertarial HRT is heavily endorsed. So those are some of the changes there to WPATH. Yeah, the link will be up on the Transmission Facebook page at Transradio with Z. So yeah, check all that out. So that's the week in events and some news. We're going to now listen to a track. This one is by RVG, A Quality of Mercy. Amplifying the voices of the trans and gender non-conforming community of Mianjin, Brisbane and beyond. Transmission on 4ZZZ brings you the latest in trans community news, music and events. Every Tuesday from 9am till 10am, join our team of hosts for an hour of celebrating the unique perspectives of the trans community. Transmission, Tuesday mornings from 9am till 10am on 4ZZZ. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez and I use he, him pronouns. I'm just going to give a little bit of a trigger warning for any of our trans GNC listeners or anyone who may need like a bit of a mental health check here. I'm letting you know that this next segment may contain some heavy themes. I'm about to interview someone who is a clinical psychologist and works particularly with trans and GNC patients. So we're going to have a conversation. I just thought I'd let you know that there are some themes happening. I'll quickly introduce the beautiful... Belinda Bertles, who is a clinical psychologist at Brisbane Southside Psychology and has worked as a psychologist in mental health space since 2005. She is also on the board of directors at OzPath, which is the Australian Professional Association for Trans Health, and supervises many health professionals that work in trans, gender diverse and non-binary communities. Belinda is also a nominee for Medical Practitioner and Ally of the Year for the Trans Community Awards 2022. Belinda, what are your pronouns? Oh my goodness, you are so beautiful. <laughs> my pronouns are she, her, and oh, what an introduction. I feel so humbled oh so well beautiful. i mean i copied that from your uh oh, trans uh, so you, it's, the, it's the bio that you wrote oh my goodness <laughs> he is so beautiful so we're going to be having a bit of a, a chat today about a few things you're actually the very first ally i've had on the show oh good i'm i'm glad that allies are on the show it's very exciting and it's so lovely to be an ally on the show i feel so oh i don't know like i feel yeah it's lovely oh well i'm yeah. really happy to have you here and like obviously I feel so honored that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, and I, I, yep. I guess, like, a lot of trans people also, we need allies. And we need allies, especially yeah. in medical spaces. Yeah. So it's really wonderful yeah. to have you in today. 
Good. Yes. Good. And thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are we talking about? Well, gonna, well, so over the years working with trans patients, I was going to ask, what are some of the common struggles that people come in with mostly? A lot of the younger trans people and gender diverse and mm-hmm. binary folk, like they come in and they're like, my parents don't understand and like, I don't know what to do with that. Mm. And I'm like, bring them in. Like, let's talk about this. And then sometimes the parents come in and they're angry with me. They're like, we Googled you online and we know you're on Ozpath and that's fine. I can tolerate that. Mm. But it just makes me sad of what they're experiencing at home. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. listen to your young people. Yeah. I mean, and, and so I guess family acceptance is one of the larger things. Massively. That, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in saying that, like, that's a small minority, but like, there's other parents who are just like, oh, I just want to do whatever. Like, teach me about pronouns and teach me about, like, all of this stuff. And it's beautiful. Like, mm. but there's sort of that, it's almost like a black and white flip. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I guess that. I guess that comes from, you know, you have a perception, I guess, as a parent. I'm not a parent, so I don't know. No, but neither am as, I. But as a parent, yeah, I guess yeah. you have this. And my mom talks about you want your kid to be healthy and happy and survive yes, and yes. fit in. And you want all these things. And then anything that deviates from this the safety thing that you think is safe or that you exactly, know, then, exactly. then you get scared. And, and then you don't, you know, it can be hard to, to learn or learn new things Yeah, like is that. my child going to be hurt on the street? And I'm like, well, probably not if you're there protecting them. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you can understand where it's coming from, but sometimes it gets a little bit aggressive. Right, right. Yeah, which is really interesting. Do you... um do you see? Do you see like a lot of patients with sort of self doubt and confusion around as well? Or yeah, sometimes I'll see people that come in and they'll say, oh, "I'm not sure if I'm trans, or I'm not sure if I'm non-binary," or, and we're just like, "Let's have a think about it." Yeah, right. We don't have to make a decision today. Yeah, like, and it's not my decision; it's their decision. Like, not it's not a decision, but it's like, just let's have a think about it. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any sort of strategies for people with coping with like family acceptance stuff around that? Area or? Oh, I don't know. I usually, yeah, I, I usually just say bring them in. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Right. So like, bring parents yeah, in as well. Let, bring the parents in. Let's talk about it. Let's have a good conversation about this. Mm. So, because I think the media gets involved and I think people read a lot in, like not people, but I think parents read a lot in the media because they're scared. Right. And so they're getting mainstream media as their form of information yeah, in terms yeah. of understanding their Yeah, their like kids. the Australian or not to shame anyone, but like they get all <laughs> yeah, this yeah, right. yeah, they get all this mainstream media and then they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. And, and there's like, lots of news uh, platforms that have like misinformation as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Many, yeah. 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 And I think these parents, they just want the best for their kids, but they just, I don't think, they just don't understand. Yeah, right. And do you think there are like resources available and, and things like that? Because I've got, I have a... A website that I can mention as we get through oh, uh, please, as well please. with lots of resources. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess like a, a big issue for like familiar acceptance is media being is which is misrepresentation yep. of, of the community. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and I think lovely places like P Flag and things like that, and mm. like they've got a lot to give. So yeah, P Flag's actually fantastic. Yeah, I think they're awesome. They do a lot of good work. Even even my mum reached out to P Flag many oh, years did, ago. Did yeah. She? yeah, yeah, she did, and they'll um, be at Pride. Yes, they yeah. will be at Pride. Mm, which is good. Yeah, so another reason to go down there, actually. Yeah, Pride's going to be amazing. Yeah, I love it. Um, so what other basic needs do you think are not being met in terms of trans I trans think, people's lives? I think mainstream 
medical centres and things don't understand. Like they don't mm. do pronouns. They don't understand pronouns. They don't use, like they call it preferred name, which mm. drives me insane. Like it's like, this is your name. Like, it's not preferred. It's my it's name. It's not preferred. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This is not your preferred pronoun. This is your pronoun. pronoun. Yes. Yeah. This That stuff, like that boils my blood. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. And I think, I don't think other services understand that. And I don't think they mean mm. it. I just don't think they understand it. I think there needs to be much more, like, awareness or, like, education. It does. Or... It's a huge educational front, I think. But, but um, why should it be? Well, the thing is, it, it's such a, I don't know, there's not a lot of information that's easily accessible. And the information that's that, a good point. that is easily accessible, you do have to actively look for. And if you're not personally trans or directly affected by trans issues, you're not going to care about looking stuff up for other people. And that's, it, it, I know that sounds like maybe like selfishness for people. I don't like think this, it's but selfish. It's, I no, think it's, it doesn't directly affect me. So why would I look into it? Um, and then it, inevitably what happens is that it's trans people who are left to educate people in medical spaces. Yeah, but is, I hear that all the time. Like mm. I hear like a lot of my trans people come in and go, we have to educate the GP. And I'm like, well, that's not your job. Yes. Like and that's give them my number. I'll mm. educate them. Like it. Yeah, it's just not okay. Mm, yeah. And but then where do they get that education from? Like QC do an awesome job and they educate mm. people, but a lot of these places aren't educated. Yeah, I mean, there are some advocates in the community as well that will put on like educationals. Uh, I mean, mm. Many Genders, One Voice is a pretty good place to yeah, also tap awesome. into as well. Yep, yep. And, you know, there needs to be some more workshops, but I think it needs to be all the onus needs to be on the medical professional Absolutely. in order to go, hey, I run a medical practice. How do I become the most inclusive? <laughs> totally. Not just totally. for trans people and LGBTQIA plus in general, but accessibility for disability totally. people, uh, for, for BIPOC, you know. So, like, there's, there's lots of things that need to be considered. Um, and I think if you're going to run any business, whether that be in medical spaces or not, hmm. you know, that hmm. needs to be considered. And I yeah. agree. And I see a lot of people that come in and they're like, I wasn't supported in that space. And I'm like, that's oh, not okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's challenging. Yeah, very. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what has been the most re- rewarding thing for you working with trans? I mean, you've been working in this field for since 2005. Yeah. I like this field. It's what a beautiful community. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, seeing people find themselves. Yeah. Mm. It must be really, because I, I imagine. It's when, beautiful. I remember when first time I went into therapy, I was very closeted. You know, mm. I was, I, I had a lot of internalized transphobia and a mm. lot of angst. Mm. And I guess like facilitating safe, you know, psychological spaces, you know, mm. like a, a, in a clinic mm. is really, and that can be really challenging for a lot of trans people to find the right psychologist as well. Yeah, and I, I see that a lot. Like, I see people like, I saw this person and like a psychologist and that wasn't okay and then they come and see me or whoever and it's like, this feels okay. Mm. And I'm like, good, because it should feel okay. This yeah. is not This is not something that should not feel okay. Is there something you could say to other psychologists who, like, if there was something you could say to them in mm. terms of working with trans people, um, what what would you, what, what's one piece of advice you would give them? Oh, that's, oh my goodness, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a very interesting question. What are your thoughts about that? Well, my thoughts. Oh, look. I think, I think people are people, and everyone I agree. is confused. Be yourself. Let people. Um, be themselves. I think everyone feels confused about lots of aspects of themselves all the time. I think everyone is walking around confused. <laughs> I think, but yeah, that's, and, that makes sense. And the only way to get clear is to talk. 
Yeah, and I think that's so beautiful how people come to therapy and like, you know, sometimes people will come to therapy and they're like, I'm I'm not sure who I am. I'm like, that's okay. Let's talk about Mm. it. You don't need to know. You don't need to know. It's not my job to tell you who you are. Yeah. And I think... Let's have a chat. One of the big things for me through like coming out and transition and over my journey has been a lot of... A very binary construct of gender, which is yeah. like I I was a a girl and now I am going to be a man or whatever. And and really, mm. what's happened through my journey was not that. It was oh wow, gender is really kind of an illusion and it's made up and it's not even real. It's a construct. It's what's a societal it's, it's construct? It's a, it's an identity. It's a sense of like oh I love the color blue. Oh maybe I like the color red as well. You know like yeah. It's yeah. it's 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 a it's a way of expression. It's a way of feeling. It's a way of being. And my concept of gender has very dramatically changed throughout time. And I think that's the problem with with parents like they don't mean it but like they get caught in that like oh they liked pink they liked blue like that's got nothing to do with it that has nothing they're to trying do with to it. be yeah. themselves they're just preferences yeah um and and preferences can change yeah and i think Boundaries and the change. other thing all sorts of things change when gender like when people go oh i'm trans mm. sexuality changes and they're like oh so you're gay now yeah, but it's got nothing to do it's with not, gender. Yeah. yeah, it does. It's like, oh, I feel more comfortable in my body, so I can actually explore myself. Yeah, and I guess I that's think that's exciting. a huge thing. It's massive. Yeah, I I felt like my whole world like cracked open like mm. like an egg. Sorry, mm. there's a trans joke in there for any of the trans listeners. That's cute, like a little uh, baby egg. Yes, it's it, it's it's an egg. Like I hatched. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not hatch? Yes, yeah. I, everyone wants to hatch and grow yeah. and change. Why not? Yeah. Well, I will be putting up some links on the Transmission Facebook page for some resources. Should anyone like to get some educational knowledge on applying things in medical spaces or in your business or just in your general life? Um, yeah. So you can head over to the Transmission Facebook page at Trans Radio with a Z. Thank you so much, Belinda, for coming in today. My pleasure. Anytime. Uh, anytime. Oh, you're so sweet. We're now going to listen to a track. This one is by Ezra Furman. Point me toward the real. That one there was Cutesy Monster Man by Craig Shea. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez. I use he, him pronouns. And we're now about to go into our monthly segment, Tens Across, with Jay and Imani from our beautiful The House of Alexander. Let's have a listen to what they've been up to. This is Tens Across, a monthly segment where two tens take you across all the latest in ballroom for Mianjin, so-called Australia, and Aotearoa. Ballroom is a culture created by Black and Latina trans women in New York and upheld in so-called Australia by Polynesian, First Nations and other queer people of colour. As always, we pay respect to those who've come before us and allow us to take part in the culture today. I'm J007, a male figure who walks virgin vogue, old way and face. I'm joined by Imani007, a femme queen who walks hands performance, commentator vs commentator, best dressed and bizarre. This month's Tens Across is going to be a little more different than usual as I take you with me on a journey to Tamaki Makoto, falsely known as Auckland, for the Unity Bowl. Then we get talking about the Alexander Bowl, taking place in Mianjin this Saturday. So let's get into it. Jean and I arrived in Aotearoa on the 11th of August. It was cold and beautiful and I was exhausted, but there was no curling up and falling asleep for me. That night there was a workshop where J.C. Aman and Kiana Arici Divine would be taking us through the categories of face, runway, and Vogue Femme. 
Let me tell you something. One thing Kiana and JC are going to do is run a Kiki throwdown like the Navy. Exactly, Imani. Face and Vogue Femme are both categories of mine, and I wasn't going to pass up the chance to learn from some of the best. Period. Let me run through their resume real quick. JC is one of the trailblazers for the Altero scene. Um, she actually is, is the mother of House of Iman, which is one of a select few uh, international kiki houses that have been started in the AUNZ ballroom scene. And Mother Kiana Divine, um, who's actually a trailblazer for the NAM, which is um, what we know to be as Melbourne, um, for their ballroom scene. But she also walked the latex ball as well, which is uh, one of, if be not, if not the most like prestigious ball um, that they hold in America each year. I was fairly nervous. Being a relatively unknown 007 from overseas meant I didn't know if it was going to be easy to fit into a well-established scene like the one in Damaki. I made it to the small community hall where the workshop was being held, and from the moment I got off the bus, I started to feel better. There's something about when you hear a Vogue beat playing that just reminds you that it this is family first. It's the way it gets into your heart and flows through your arms and down to your legs until you can't help yourself but key. The spirit that takes hold of you is the same spirit that takes hold of everyone, and that's community. When I first got in, I was welcomed by Mother Honey Givenchy, whose house was running the Unity Ball. They took me around and introduced me to a bunch of doublers from Tamaki and Te Whanganui Atara, falsely known as Wellington. By the time the workshop started, I was at home. The workshop itself was incredible. JC and Kiana have so much knowledge. When I wasn't joining in, I was furiously taking down notes on my phone while watching everyone else at work. But there is a point where if there is a song that caters to that rhythm that you have, you can touch it, and it's fine, as long as you're not dancing. When it was time for me to leave, I found myself voguing down while waiting for the bus across the road. My heart was so full. The magic of Borum is that anywhere you go in the world, you can find family. And I'm really grateful every time I get to re-experience that. The actual ball took place on the 13th of August, at 9pm in a warehouse turned into a perfect, bright pink display of queer excellence. The category I had initially planned to walk was the face with a production category. Face by itself is a category where you show off your face to the judges, emphasising skin, structure, teeth, nose, etc. In face with a production, you have to design the most dramatic, jaw-dropping entrance to go with it. Did you end up walking? Because I do remember seeing you down there helping Aloria walk her tens, like you helped present her to the judges and walked her up on stage, which is actually a really big thing too. Um, having someone walk you up on stage, usually that'll be the family, or if you're like a 007, these will be people that you are very close to or help like foster your fo foster your time in the scene uh i i ran out of time to prepare anything to walk and i was like that's okay maybe i'll just i'll just watch this time but then when aloria was like can you help me out with my production um i i gladly took that chance because it's a way to sort of be a part of it without uh having to get the entire thing ready <laughs> <laughs> um so um, the ball was a bit chaotic for me because I was mostly trying to help out behind the scenes with the um, production. So her outfit got thrown out at the airport. <gasps> yeah, she flew in that morning. Oh. Oh. The outfit got tossed. Oh. So she's like, 
what do I do? And I was like, okay, um, we'll figure something out. We grab, like, there are two mirrors backstage and we're like, we'll just figure something out with a mirror. Um, I will, like, hold a mirror and you can sort of perform to the mirror. The other thing was she'd chosen Hopelessly Devoted to You um, before Olivia Newton-John died. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so then suddenly there was all this pressure of like well now it's gone from just being a cool song choice to like an olivia newton john tribute um and the pressure for that is so intense right um so we were like running around trying to figure out what we should do um then we smashed one of the mirrors (laughs) oh my god and I was like at this point I was so nervous I was like just behind the scenes like practicing and practicing despite all the chaos Aloria got her tens and the crowd absolutely melted at the accidentally planned Olivia Newton-John tribute shortly after us though came the moment of the night oh my god the face production at the end from the house of Iman like this is what we talk about when we say that the house of Iman is like the house right because right. that production it was fully choreographed for choreographed dances it had fire on the stage she was lifted up and like tipped backwards so that the judges could like see her fully oh my god it was when you just said that i just pictured them where they tipped her back and then they like moved down the line of judges for her to like surf it oh my yeah. god yeah. yeah. And mm. and to uh Alien Superstar as well, like the track of the century, right? Like That's why they're like one of the houses, one of the houses to be in the AUNZ Kiki scene. It was so good that Honey made them do it again. <laughs> what? Yeah, like all the judges, they were like, "Well, that's the, that's uh, literally after the ball ended, like after the final, the the grand final for Face and it was like, "That's it. Thanks all for coming." And then the judges were like, no, we want to see uh, the House of Iman face production again. So that video that was taken that's been going around on Instagram is actually of the second time that they did it. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? I've never seen anything like that. that happen at a ball before. Um, and it was really powerful. Right. And unless we get a production like that again, I don't think we'll ever see it again. Yeah. Oh, my God. In conclusion, if I was kicked out of my engine tomorrow and had to pick another scene, it would definitely be Tamaki. And what a scene to pick because the way that they have kind of like fostered for this, like the the scene down there. And it's kind of crazy when you think about how Auckland, when it comes to Australia and New Zealand, Auckland, I'm pretty sure has been around the longest. Like the fact that house parents from New Zealand and Auckland um, were actually ones that helped set up um, Sissy Ball, which is Australia's um, longest running um, ball um, that, that we hold annually. Um, they're actually there for, an, for, its, for its inception of it. So I was going to say, if there were any other scene to pick from, I feel like Jay knows what's good. <laughs> it, it's, time to, it's time to board the plane, go down to Auckland and, and, and see what's up over there. I had to head back to Mianjin eventually, and while a part of my heart will always be left behind in the Damaki scene, it's not like the Mianjin scene hasn't got enough going on. Oh, speaking of the Alexander Ball, 
Last year's Alexander Ball went really well, so I'm not too nervous about participating in a major ball again. But on the other hand, uh, this ball's going to be so much bigger. Mm. No matter how big it gets, it's home ground. So even like even if you get chopped, it's, it's like with your own community, so it doesn't really matter as much to me at least like that's how i interpret it like if i walk off the stage getting chopped at alexander ball i know that everyone's gonna be like you did your best you know whereas at west ball it would have been like just me like crying (laughs) (laughs) because you're so right because at the alexander ball you like you're from like this is your home ground and when you get off the stage if you've been chopped You'll have like literally 10 of your friends rush up to you and be like, we need to go fight the judges. What do you mean you got a chop? But then if you go and do that in a state where you're not from, like I'm picturing myself walking a ball in Narb and I get chopped. Oh, I leave the floor to nobody rushing to console me. Oh, oh, I have to board the next flight back to, to, to me and Jim. And like, and that's it. Like never come back. No. <laughs> but yeah, are you walking anything? Yes, I will be. Um, so it's kind of crazy. This is actually the first um big ball that we've had that has had commentator versus commentator as a category. Um, and this is a category um to highlight the MCs of the balls and what they do um for for Vogue performances. So they'll be kind of like rapping spitting hot fire you know um (laughs) to these folk tracks and the really crazy thing is is that you can usually gauge who's who's connecting to to a commentator versus commentator battle because people will literally get up and vote they will get up hit a couple dips you know do a couple spins hit a duck walk a catwalk give some hands but, but it's really crazy. Like, the energy for a commentator versus commentator category is insane. I would say that it's second to, like, actual vocal performance category. Most categories, it's about what you see on stage, and that's cool. But to have a category that's just about, like, how excited you can get the entire audience when it's done perfectly it's so much fun to be part of i'm so like i'm genuinely so excited thank you jay but now on to you what categories was our was our gracious host thinking of walking this year i'm i'm walking virgin vogue femme and old way uh and also face this time around so that training from that I took from JC I really want to bring that um old way I'm a little bit nervous about just because last year in old way there were only three of us yeah everyone that walked out had less than a year's experience but this year round there are some really heavy hitters coming over especially from like Bolu mm. and um Eora Nation that are like terrifying and i'm worried i won't do you know what i feel like the best part about like that is like as a silver lining if we're going to be looking for silver linings the fact that like when you think about how little people have kind of like engaged with the old way category in in the scene up like 
when you, when you look back a year ago. It's kind of crazy to see how explosive the interest in it has gotten and how competitive it is now to feel like there's as much competition in the old way co categories as there will be in like like the regular Vogue performance categories. And we love to see that. Yeah. Let me reassure you about something, Mr. J. Bowman. You will not be getting chopped for the old way. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you <laughs> something right now. Wow. So the next time we talk, this will all be over. We'll, we'll know. We'll know what happens. And oh, we'll crazy. be sitting here and you'll be a, a two times grand prize commentator. Best and commentator. you will be three time will... winner for the Trinity. Imagine. Butch face. Oh, sorry. Butch face. Um, trans man face. Virgin Vogue and Pop Dip and Spin Grand Prize. Thank you. Don't play on Mr. J Bowman. <laughs> Listen to me now. Listen to me good. Yeah. We'll wrap it up for now. And next time we'll be back to talk about everything that went down at the Alexander Ball. And it's going to uh -oh. be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a big one. Right. Good luck to future Jay and Imani. Yes. Yeah. We come back with five grand prizes between the two of us. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> there you have Jay and Imani talking about the Alexander Ball, which is coming up this Saturday, September 24th, the Tivoli. I'm so excited to go. I'm so excited to support Jay and Imani and the House of Alexander. It's going to be amazing. It's really, really cool. Yeah, you should check that out. There's, I, I believe there are some tickets left. You should um, head over to, I think it's a Brisbane Festival website. It's part of that as well. So, yeah. Check all that out there. We've actually come to the end of transmission today. Yeah, my name's Ez. I use he, him pronouns. We're all about amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Mianjin. And we play exclusively artists who are trans or GNC or non-binary as well. So I hope you enjoy the rest of Brisbane Pride month. I certainly will. And if you get a chance to head down to Brisbane Pride Fair Day, the 4ZZZ tent will be there. I'll be there. I would love to say hi to everyone and um, hear some more cool trans stories. I'm all about it. So, yeah, have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Transmission. See you next Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. on 4ZZZ.